Hello everyone, welcome back to the Odin Cross podcast once again. Um, I'm your host Imlong and in this episode I'm excited to have Dr. Willow from Shalom Biblical Seminary. He is the academic dean there and he is also the convener of the Clean Election Movement Nagaland Baptist Church Council. Um, so Dr. Willow, it's uh, great to have you here on the Odin Cross podcast. Yeah, thank you Imlong for having me here in your podcast. And I'm excited about this program. Yeah, so once again, thank you. Yes, it's exciting to have you. And then today we are taking up a very important um, topic. That is the Clean Election Movement, which was started by the Nagaland Baptist Church Council. Many of us are aware of it. And then at the same time, many of us are unaware of the happening. So we want to dwell on the topic of the Clean Election Movement. But uh, before we go on to that, maybe I would just request you to tell us something about yourself. Sure, yeah. Okay, uh, as you have mentioned, my name is Mr. Vilo Naleo. Uh, I've been married for 12 years and I have four children. Mm-hmm. Since 2009, I have been associated in teaching at Shalom Bible Seminary. And I teach theology, ethics, and peacemaking at Shalom Bible Seminary. Mm-hmm. A very quick introduction about my uh, theological studies. I did my master's yes. in theology and ethics at SIEX in Bangalore and I earned my PhD in peacemaking from International Graduate School of Leadership in the Philippines. Yeah, so as you have mentioned, I'm the present convener for NPCC Clean Election Movement and once again, thank you for having me in your podcast. Yes, thank you so much for uh, the information. Yeah. Let's dive into the topic. Um, hmm. Now, what is Clean Election Movement, first of all? And then, what do we think are the causes that became necessary for maybe for NBCC to start off this movement in Nagaland? Hmm. Well, a Clean Election Movement is a social responsibility of the church. It started with the noble idea that it is the church. The church responsibility to uphold the spiritual and moral values for the people. And so clean election movement is neither an emotional reaction nor a politically based movement. It has emerged with a sheer concern to help people to adhere to Christian moral and ethical principles in voting and in, elect, in the election process. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to Christian and politics, because clean election movement is the Christian's engagement or um, involvement in politics. Right. So theologically, there are three views. Mm-hmm. So I want to clarify that those three things in uh, from the beginning itself. Okay, okay. Yeah, so the, the first uh, point is like the Christian, the first view is the Christian prince. Mm-hmm. This view holds that some people have special vocation or calling to political office, which is to say that the exercise of state power through the authority of the government. Mm-hmm. They equate the work of the governor or the prince uh, similar to a priestly vocation. Because by birth, the Christian prince exercises power and authority at God's command. Right. So this view is a little difficult to imply in a pluralistic society today. Mm-hmm. The Christian uh, advocate is the second point or second view and this view holds that there are certain political and social causes that we Christians need to advocate. Mm-hmm. It conceives Christian engagement as advocacy 
in the public forum. It aims for success. Change and results are the concern. Mm-hmm. And anything that does not bring change is a failure for this view. The third view is uh, I commonly known as the Christian witness. Mm-hmm. This view see Christians in politics as a witness. Mm-hmm. The concept of this view is taken from the wor- word martyr. To become a martyr is to witness. Yes. And so a martyr is to be persecuted, to suffer and to even give our life for the sake of the gospel. So we must be witnessing Christ in the midst of tensions, frictions and power struggles by not taking sides but by holding on to the truth. So the NBCC stand is in the third view of Christian being a witness in politics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's a very strong stand now. I think uh, maybe we can we can eliminate the first argument but then even the second argument in that case the case for advocacy yeah. in that case can be um, relevant I think to our cause here. Yes, yes. Uh, as you've mentioned now church mm. and politics are maybe two separate domains and then we always speak about the separation mm. of church and the state in, in especially in our state a Christian majority state and also a political state let's just say now election is a matter of a state mm. subject as we all know and then now my first mm. question and maybe many have the many have this problem understanding the concept of the clean mm. election many have the problem of No, understanding why we as a church or church leader should be speaking about politics and election in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when we dive mm-hmm. into now, say a political matter, even as you have said, uh, in terms of witnessing Christ, now will it upset the dichotomy between the church and mm-hmm. state that we have? No, will it also maybe may, may people see it mm-hmm. as church moving towards a political domain? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yes, there is a clear distinction of the separation of the church and the state according to the Baptist distinctives. Yes. But Nagaland is a unique state, you know, with its total population compri- comprising of more than 90% Christians. So in a context where majority are Christians, if Christians do not involve in politics or engage in politics, there is 100% chance that we are giving opportunity to a non-Christian government in a Christian-dominated state. So, uh, our motive is clear. NBCC plays a non-partisan role to any political party. Our motive is not to govern, but to campaign for electing a righteous, God-fearing and honest candidate who will testify God in his or her political career. And so, Christian must be, Christians must be witness in political success. What we are concerned is that we Christians must bear witness in exercising our political rights. And even John Calvin emphasized that the church and the state and not religion and state because God is sovereign. He must rule both church and state. And since both are religious entities predicated on God's authority, even though the two structures are distinct organizations. So the church and state must coexist together, not hand in gloves, but side by side. The church's priority is spiritual and not political. However, the church's spiritual realm is not limited to the four walls of the church. You know that. And so the church's spiritual realm includes renewal and improvement of the people. Yes, yes. I think yeah, that's, that's very important. Uh, now, yeah. uh, coming back again to uh, mm. the issue of 
Nagaland as a Christian state now. And then it has become imperative for us as Christians at church mm. to be uh, talking about politics. But in the first place now, my problem again or is with, with the leaders now. When you talk about or political leaders, uh, when you talk about people in topmost positions in Nagaland, especially in the political circle, no, everyone is a Christian, right? Everyone mm. of our leaders is mm. a member mm. of a church. So in a state like this, governed yes. by Christian leaders, now why do we think that our mm. election process has become so dirty now? Who do we think mm. now is responsible for this mess? When you talk to the electorates, when you talk to the people, people will say the leaders mm. are corrupt, the leaders pay money. But when you speak to the leaders, they will say that the publics are pressuring us to, mm. you know, use money in, in money power and money politics now mm. so there's a blame game now in the first place mm. now secondly as i've said again our leaders are all christians yeah. now they should be holding on to the christian morality to the christian ethics in the first place but with all those uh, in our background now it has become imperative now for us to be speaking about clean election right which is quite an irony in our state what do you what do you say on that mm. Mm. yeah when it comes to the election process, I think the government is doing enough exercises to conduct a free and fair elections. The government is even providing forces to keep the environment secure. But the uh, electioneering process in Nagaland becomes dirty when people manipulate the system. Yes. It could be boot capturing, proxy voting, uh, keeping double voters identity, mm-hmm. using threat and violence, buying and selling of votes, or the rampant use of alcohol to instigate wrong motives, you can name on. Yes. But we have uh, gone to that extent. And I want to cite a comparison made by a friend of mine regarding the use of money in the elections. Okay. Because we are talking about the dirty politics. Right. So in regard to accept, accepting uh, money over the times, he said, in the past, people would go and ask help from the candidates if mm-hmm. he is elected or if she, he or she is elected. So he said it was postpaid. <laughs> then uh, came a time when it was cash paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, here people get money from the candidate or their agents and they watch to vote for them. Right. Or right there on the spot but now he said the times have changed and it is like prepaid <laughs> today money is given ahead of the time and the people would silently vote for the candidate mm-hmm. and this is amusingly true in some ways we all know that yes. then the general practice of the people has become so bad that eventually there is enmity between parties and candidates communalism, jealousy and selfishness, deceitfulness and other forms of wickedness mm-hmm. that are being multiplied in our community. So we must equally blame ourselves for failing to do the right thing. We simply cannot blame an organization or party for the evil it has produced. Mm-hmm. The church also has failed miserably and we must take the blame yes. for not being able to produce our political theology appropriately and ably. Mm-hmm. And so having said that, we cannot maintain status quo by observing taking turns, evil taking turns in front of us. Mm-hmm. So clean election movement, yes. We, we, it may not be 100% clean, but it is 
a trial. It is an attempt to clean the mess. Everything starts with uh, maybe that uh, so-called the term corruption, right? Mm. It's it's rampant everywhere. I think all around the world. And then maybe we are also in the index of one of the most corrupted state, even in India. Mm. Now that's very a shameful thing for Christian states yeah, to be uh, no labeled label in in that category now. Mm. Now, as you have mentioned, I think as we are discussing now, we get the sense that in one way we can hold the voters responsible for maybe for demanding too much, even from the elected leaders now. Mm-hmm. And even elected leaders are in some way or the other responsible for you know, buying votes and for you know, mm-hmm. doing all these, mm-hmm. um, say, illegitimate practices to win the election. And then at the same time, as you have mentioned, even the church have failed to address these issues. Yeah. Uh, and I think the whole thing collapsed down to the word called corruption everywhere. Corruption mm-hmm. here and corruption there. In this midst now, the, the NBCs have stood for this clean election campaign. So how do we, How? what are the aims and objectives and how, how is this clean election movement uh, you know, going to address these issues and these problems now? How are we going about it, addressing this problem now in a larger scale in what kind of forum do you think this will be addressed yeah when we talk about corruption um, i think we have our own uh, takes because uh, corruption can also be uh, interpreted very differently in um, according to the context but to me when you said about corruption when a person or a society is willing to sell his or her or its people's birthright, that is the mark of the lowest point where we can drop down morally and spiritually. Mm-hmm. I see spiritual declination in many circles and in many levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, societally, if we think, if a society or an organization is openly promoting violence, unhealthy competition, disallowing people to vote because of their allegiance to one candidate, excommunicating its member because of its members because of political loyalty, banning people to enter polling sessions, etc. Mm-hmm. These are some obvious signs of spiritual deficiency societally mm-hmm. because it is upsetting the social stability and demeaning the democratic process of elections. Mm-hmm. When we talk about corruption in elections again, then ecclesiastically, the church losing her prophetic voice in speaking against the malpractices and evil practices of elections is one of the first signs. Mm-hmm. The church leaders compromising their roles as pastors, deacons or ordained ministers during yes. the time of elections could be another sign of spiritual decline. And yes, when it comes to people in corruption, young people giving themselves into violence, rights, drunkenness, indulging in immoral activities because of political affinity uh, is another way to see spiritual declension. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it is time for young people to choose carefully the, and wisely the leaders who will represent them. Uh, that's what I see. And then when we talk about people, again, women, women taking advantage of their identity, vocation, and traditional chivalry are in, and engaging in proxy voting. Mm-hmm. Naga national groups supporting a candidate, providing arms and cadres for yes. their protection are some forms of misplaced allegiance. So corruption is lying at the doorsteps when all these things are 
easily achieved yes yes so yeah a way of um, my way of defining corruption would be a little different mm-hmm. than what you have asked but then i see corruption in that form yeah exactly i think what you have mentioned uh, all mm-hmm. being practiced at the moment and i think it's all being mm-hmm. i mean that's that's true and that's what's happening that's the reality that we are facing in our state um, at the moment and then i think that's real maybe this clean election movement should strongly come in and then being addressing the issues in, in in all the forums now why do you think the, did the mm, church mm, fail to yeah. address these issues very strongly yeah yeah mm, i think uh, it's ig- ignorance but with the changing pace of uh, things in the world perceptions perspectives lifestyles I yes. think many things are coming together for us the church to be awakening now to see all this evil taking turns in our doorsteps in our families in our societies I think uh, the church uh, the church has awoken a little bit late, late. but then it's <laughs> never late of course right. yeah. yeah 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 some of the practices that I've also seen You know the, the the church, mm-hmm. the church deacons, leaders, elders will go to the candidate, and they will you know ask ask for money for mm-hmm. church building. Now they will pray for them mm-hmm. and ask for the sponsorship of mm-hmm. church buildings, the church, maybe many other things that is related to the church. And I think that is also one thing that um, that is uh, not very mm-hmm. healthy even for the church or for the church leaders. And then if we become indebted to the candidate, and then somehow when election comes, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Somehow, you know, the pastor's mm. affinity, you know, moves towards to those who have contributed to the treasury mm. of the church, and so, you know, that that also becomes mm. a burden even for the pastors in the end. So, mm. yeah, that's that's there. Uh, I think after we have started this clean election campaign, I think we have passed two general elections, right? Yeah, two. And so now again, some uh, some elections are coming very soon. Now, how far? Was it successful during the previous elections? Do you think did this movement achieve anything substantial in terms of stopping those corrupt practices or these mm-hmm. evils that we see in the election process? Uh, yeah, when people talk about success, I know uh, when we talk about the success of the clean election movement, many people are apprehensive. But it has been uh, stated from its inception uh-huh. that the movement is not measured by its success or failure. But uh, the more important thing is the impact it is making upon the lives of the people, uh, which matters more. Right. So clean election movement is a process, and there is no stopping or whining because of the results. We can talk about the success when the ideals and principles of clean election movement is embraced by both young and old, Christian or non-Christian. But our motivation lies not in its success, though we wish. It to be hundred percent successful. Yeah, regarding about the past two state assemblies and the other elections, uh, it has shown us that we still need to labor harder and be more practical. Besides the many disheartening stories of failure in various districts, there are also many successful stories mm-hmm. of clean election movement in many districts. Uh, I want to quickly uh, point some, if you don't mind. Um, yes. yes. To point out some, 
Mount Kolemba town under Mokokchung district had records of violence killing among people in the past and where the strongest party would seize most of the votes in the town. But in 2013, when NBCC and ABAM gave their stand on clean election and with the pastors and volunteers making campaign through loudspeakers and engaging people to pray for the big voting day, mm-hmm. the day of voting day came. Finally, and the pastor said it was a miracle. The fact that there was a peaceful, free and fair poll that day itself was a miracle. That was the testimony of the pastor mm-hmm. um, from uh, Mankolemba. Then there are stories of sit-in-silent demonstrations in Pesama village where the youth participated on the polling day itself, mm-hmm. holding placards, reminding people not to sell their votes, not to pra- uh, practice proxy voting, you know, etc. Then in Athibung, all praises were given to clean election movement for successfully organizing a common platform for intending candidates. Mm-hmm. So this common platform is not organized by the NBCC, but by the initiative taken by attending uh, the clean election movement. And so there are hundreds of stories who offered money, vehicles, buildings, but they refused okay. because they know it is wrong and they were aware about the clean election movement. Yes. So uh, another incident is in the, in the place where I come from or where I live. On any polling day, they all come together to vote for their own choice of candidate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And usually the village council would organize to butcher a pig or a cow um, and then everyone will enjoy the meal after casting their votes and they will retire peacefully to their own, to their own homes. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, I see. And so there are many success stories, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to hear and it's good to know about those success stories, uh, maybe in pockets. And then it's, it's a great initiative that uh, the NPCC has started and I'm sure that you know, as, as we move on, uh, maybe one day we hope to see it Every, in every nook and corner of the state, we, we pray and we hope to see that this clean election movement is being embraced by people and then we move forward towards more cleaner, fairer elections where even the leaders will be responsible for, you know, responsible to the, to the elected members and constituencies. And, and Because we don't see that now, right? Because yeah. at the same time, leaders are elected and then they are, they, they are not responsible to the constituencies. They don't, I mean, they mm. don't serve the people as they should be serving, right? Yeah, our prayer, our hope, our vision is that it will make at least an impact in the in the lives of the people. Uh, we may not immediately see the result, the impact, but definitely there is an impact already making, and we are positive, mm-hmm. very positive about that. Now, how do you think is church responding to this call for the clean election movement, and then the church at at, at the same time the general public now? I hear mm. people say that no clean election movement will always be a failure and then you should not be doing this and then mm. one thing the church should not be entering into anything that is political no church is purely mm. spiritual and then you should just address the spiritual yeah. issues and then no those those people who are saying these things are also christians and they're also a church member in one way or the other right mm. so now it becomes doubly problematic even for for the church leaders to be addressing something political to their congregation now, and and so, how do you see you now the general public maybe 
Nagas in general responding to the call? Are they coming forward? How is the mood? Mm. Yeah, that's why the reaction of the people, you know, uh, this has been a race from before. Christians involvement in politics. That's why from the beginning itself, I also have mentioned about the three views. Right. And and this is his stand also. I have mentioned that the third view, which is the political weakness. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the church is very optimistic about the goals and the ideals of this movement. But you know, the pastors are the long voice in many congregations, yes. sadly. So since our church administration is based on congregationalism, we need to earn the respect and the trust of the people in this matter. And for that to happen, it takes time. So in the coming years, we are hoping that people will adhere to the guidelines that the churches will produce. And the NBCC Clean Election Core Committee is also looking for producing a document which will also serve as a guideline for the church leaders, pastors, ordained ministers, which will clearly indicate the position of the church. Mm-hmm. And we are also very positive about this movement. And we are sure people are positive about this movement. There are criticisms here and there. Uh, people are apprehensive about the success. And yes, people also have predicted the failure of this movement. Yes. But we firmly believe that this is our bound duty to do what is right, to say what is right, to tell the truth and to live according to that truth. Mm -hmm. So I want to quote Saint Francis of Assisi. Mm -hmm. He said, we start by doing what is necessary. Then we do what is possible. And suddenly we are doing the impossible. Mm -hmm. The task is daunting, but under NBCC, every association has their own clean election movement body. Mm-hmm. And we trust that they will do what is best for their associations, councils, and people respectively. Right. Yes. Yes. How do you think, and how, how should we as a Christian now be responsible? And how should we respond to this call for transformation, mm-hmm. especially among the youths now? Because youths are the most uh, you know, active members, active citizens of the state now. Mm. And so mo- most of the youths and almost all of our Naga youths, we belong to a church, we belong to a church group. So now how should we be responding to this call for transformation in our state? Maybe not only in terms of election, but the overall transformation of our society, the cleaning up of our society, you know? Mm. Yeah, uh, I want to reiterate the position of the church again here, once again. Uh, on one hand, Political quietists believe that Christians should stay out of politics mm-hmm. because they believe that Christian faith transcends political loyalties and it has nothing to do with salvation. Yes. On the other hand, political activists argue that Christians must involve in political affairs because the gospel speaks to social and political conditions. Mm-hmm. And they also think that the social responsibility of the church is to engage in political affairs. And now, as Christians, regardless of our church's position and denominational differences, Christians in Nagaland must see this movement as a political witness. We must not restrict Christian engagement to either political office or political advocacy. But we must see Christian in politics as one who witnesses 
to spiritual values in a world primarily concerned with political power and economic strength. So, clean election movement must be a political witness for Christians in Nagaland. And I think uh, this is a one-step movement where we also can uh, assume and where we can also participate in the transformation of the people in terms of um, our thinking, in terms of our habit, in terms of our ethos and ethics, and also, uh, of course, structural transformation and changes comes when we have uh, a right uh, process, when we have the right attitude towards uh, election. When we when we talk about Nagaland as a state now, I mean, we are uniquely placed mm. in, in such that we are maybe 90% majority Christian state. Mm. Even Vatican as a country, again, right, but yeah, yeah, Vatican as a spiritual force, maybe a place, it's, it's very strong in terms of the political and in, in terms of you know, in what they do. Yes. Now, when you come back to Nagaland, being a Christian majority state, do you see any mm. resemblance or do you think that we can even the church can become active in politics and then starts speaking about changes and transformation. Do you think that we can do mm. that and that we as a Nagas, we are ready to you know, dive into that other spectrum of yeah. uh, our spirituality? Okay, uh, I have two things to say there. Personally, okay, for me personally, I would like to embrace the view of the mm-hmm. Christian advocacy. So in Christian advocacy, as you have mentioned about the Vatican city, the Vatican nation, yes. the smallest nation, which is ruled by the Pope, you know. And so, uh, yes, in my personal opinion, why not? Yes. If Vatican can, why not Nagas? Uh, <clears throat> we Christians, we Christians can. But as far as NBCC stand is concerned, I think uh, we should uh, limit or we should also uh, think about the NBCC stand as a political witness. And so envisioning um, the Vatican uh, function and the way the Vatican functions to assume the NBCC stand would be a little, uh, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> scary and <laughs> I know, I know. very ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be very ambitious, I mean. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, now now we're talking about church as a witness. Um, political witness is very important now, especially mm. for a church. I think one of the like main reasons why we speak so much of corruption, why we speak so much of uh, the problems, the underdevelopments, uh, the societal problems and issues, uh, we have numerous issues within our state and then it's very sorry to see these things happening um, in a Christian state, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, of course, I'm not saying that being a Christian state, we should be problem-free or we should mm. not have any mm. problems in our state, right, that's right. not the case. Mm. But then we see more of a, more of problems than we see the solution, right? Mm. Every nook and corner you see churches, everywhere, every village have the biggest structure is the church and people go there and pray. Mm. But then at the same time, our state is in such a state that now we we are you know, unable to really move forward. We're unable mm-hmm. to go back and we are not growing anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. spiritually not growing at the same time, you know, politically, socially, mm-hmm. economically, we are down everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
And so uh, I think this is where I, this clean election movement and we as church and we as Christian leaders should be uh, the voice for change. And mm. so how do you think now? What kind of role should the church play mm. in the, this process of transformation and mm. in nation building? Mm. See, when we talk about politics and church, there will always be argument. Right. And so some argue that politics is dirty, so it is best for the church not to involve in politics. But politics is not dirty, it is us who are making politics dirty because we have the wrong ambition, the use, the wrong means to govern people. Mm-mm. And so, yes, it should be clear, loud and clear that politics is not dirty and it should not be misused. Now, regarding the uh, role of the church in the transformation or in the nation building, uh, the church must not work very closely with the powers of the state. Mm-hmm. The problem with this then is that when the government or powers fail and military coup dictate, the state suffers along with the state. Right. So it is best not to work very closely, not to work hand in gloves with the powers of the state. Then the church should not withdraw itself very far from the powers of the state. Silence and non-interference itself would be a political stand itself, we know. So Nagaland is a Christian state and if churches abstain from powers of the state, ushering non-believers and uncommitted Christians to rule, Christians would be the outcome. And so yes. it's it's neither uh, closely working hand in gloves with the powers of the state, nor going very far from the powers of the state. And as I have mentioned, we should go side by side. I think that's a very good metaphor we can uh, imagine. Uh, so if we detach ourselves very far from the powers of the state, we can relate with the experience of Uganda. Mm-hmm. This country was considered 80% Christians. The majority Christians were not interested in politics and they allowed a Muslim dictator to rule over them and persecute them and even killed the Archbishop of Uganda. Mm-hmm. And it is said under this dictator called Idi Amin, yes. five lakhs people were killed, motivated by ethnic, political, and financial factors. So his reign is called the reign of terror. We know that. Yes. So the churches and the church engage in must engage in critical and constructive collaboration with the powers of the state by evaluating political decisions and proposed programs basing their understanding of the gospel. Mm-hmm. In this position, when the state makes decisions that are contrary to the gospel or to the church, the church can directly and courageously criticize the government. Since the church is engaged in constructive collaboration with the state, it is likely the state will also take heed of the church, mm-hmm. uh, church advice. And the churches may be led to resist the power of the state if the powers that be becomes autocratic and ignore uh, universal human rights, the church may also may, may do it all to resist such a state. Mm-hmm. The churches must be aware of the policy of the central government and if necessary, must oppose decisions taken by the central government 
made against the wishes and religious sentiments of the state and the minorities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Willow, that was enlightening listening to you about the NBCC's call to clean election movement. And I think as, as, as believers, as members of the church, as leaders of the church, leaders of the state, or be it anyone, I think we all have a very, very important role to play to make this uh, movement successful. At the same time, to to witness myself, to witness ourselves as a Christian, as 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 a member of the body of Christ, and then I think this is a very very strong and uh, movement where I think uh, a call should be made to everyone, to every churches, to be uh, to participants in this very important movement in our state. And so, thank you so much for coming to the podcast and for enlightening us mm. so before we wind up uh, do you have any last remark for our listeners to ponder about yeah yeah thank you uh, yes I want to say that NBCC is not alone in this movement the other denominations and NGOs civil societies student bodies women organizations they are all uh, very much part of this movement mm-hmm. but just that the NBCC is taking the uh, the leadership or the pioneering uh, baton for this movement to go ahead. There are criticisms and oppositions even against this clean election movement. Some even say it is never going to happen. Well, uh, I would say the future is not in our hand, but what we can do something at present is what we must be doing. And it is said, Nothing is more more powerful than an idea whose time has come. Mm-hmm. It is time that we no longer keep voting for a puppet government and bootlicking politicians who are satisfied with begging bowls, whose works are only seen in inaugurating of monoliths and more applauded only on billboards. Mm-hmm. It is time that we elect leaders who will increase our GDP and not only depend on the central government mm-hmm. for development. So for that to happen, it is crucial for us to keep the process clean, the progress clean, and also the program clean. We believe that we make an, we can make a difference and we can make choices for electing electorates who can represent the government and become the protectors of justice. So thank you once again for having me, Long. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And so that's all we have for this episode in the wooden cross to subscribe to the wooden cross podcast in spotify google podcast apple podcast or on any other platforms you listen on you can also follow the wooden cross instagram page at and leave your comments and feedbacks so do join next week for more exciting episodes blessings to all and stay safe